Hello, I'm Raga. Right, before you can listen to this episode, I'd actually urge you to listen to the other one if you're someone who's who's international or who's at least someone who doesn't know anything about applying to medical schools in the UK because in the following episodes we've used a lot of terminology that I don't think would be very much in common to you. So I'd really urge you to listen to the other one. It's called Applying to Medical Schools UK by me and that was just a quick quick guide into these episodes so hope you enjoy this episode bye hello i'm raga right before you can listen to this episode i'd actually urge you to listen to the other one if you're someone who's who's international or who's at least someone who doesn't know anything about applying to medical schools in the uk because in the following episodes we've used a lot of terminology that i don't think would be very much in common to you so I'd really urge you to listen to the other one it's called applying to medical schools UK by me and that was just a quick quick guide into these episodes so hope you enjoy this episode bye hello everyone you're listening to Raga Talks and I'm your host Raga and we're back with a new episode and today's special guest for this episode is Neha Ayer Narayan and hello Sneha Hello, thank you so much for having me. Hi, so Sneha is, I think I, I, I kind of compare myself with Sneha every time because I feel like we have many similarities in terms of what we were applying to prospective medical students but I wanted her here because she knows the perspective of being an international student for medicine so what Sneha basically is, she's applying to international medical schools and she knows how it is being an international student, which I haven't been, uh, which I haven't been in her position. So we're here to ask a few questions and get to know her a bit more. Is that okay with you, Sneha? Yes, I mean, that's I'd like to breach your confidentiality here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's completely fine with me. It's actually great. So, for your first question, how does it feel being an international student and applying to unis outside India? It, you might be applying to places that you've never been there before. How does that feel? Well, um, I think it's very daunting and it's quite scary, especially since we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, hopefully when others are listening to this, the situation is going to be a little bit better and they would have actually gotten the chance to go on campus and look at their universities because I think that does make a big difference. At the end of the day, it's about being at the best place for you, a place that resonates with you where you feel you can learn. So I would say daunting and scary, but also exciting at the same time because personally, I'm not the biggest fan of the Indian education system. It's very based on rote learning which is not mm-hmm. how I wish to spend the next couple of years of my life, which is why um, I applied to the United Kingdom, I applied to Ireland, and I applied to America. All of these systems, um, they're quite mm-hmm. different, essentially, but one thing they have in common is that you actually learn in the mm-hmm. sense that there's a lot of practical lab work going on. Um, everything you learn in theory is translated to um, sort of an in-person, in-person practical patient hospital um sort of it's sort of translated into that setting so i do believe that's very important which is why i've so i find i find that prospect very exciting Mm -hmm. to learn in that manner that's so cool how daunting it will be because um when i was applying to unis at least in Plymouth, and i live in liverpool 
unless someone wants to kidnap me. I don't think I'm that famous, but um, I live in Liverpool, and uh, which is in the north of England. And I was applying to Plymouth for university, and I've never been there before. But still, it was very daunting for me, though England is a very small country, and it's all, to be honest, everything's the same in England. It was never been there, but I think it takes a lot of courage to apply outside your country. I've never been there, and you don't know what it is like. Um, so kudos to you for that. Also, is it true that studying internationally can cost people excessively? Well, yeah, that's another, that's the mm-hmm. other part. As an international student, well, let's take the example of the UK. The cost <laughs> for most of the medical schools, and I'm not kidding, I wish I was, yeah. but I'm not, is four times that of home students. So, mm-hmm. n- not naming universities, but for, <laughs> um, let's just say a particular college in um, a very happening city, there has a cost of 9,000 per year, 9,000 pounds per year for a home student. For an international student that um, values somewhere around 40,000, which is just an unreal amount of money to spend for an education. So I do think that's something everyone should consider. Perhaps look at places where um, you're gonna get a scholarship or where you should less. So definitely do consider that because at the end of the day, the quality of education is more or less standardized all through Europe. Mm-hmm. Like after a certain level, the rank of the university just doesn't matter. It's just about getting that good education, being good at what you do. So please do consider mm-hmm. the cost if you're an international student. Yeah, I, I completely agree because um, what I've observed is for home students, example, if we apply to a particular university, maybe let's think about Keele. If I apply to Kiel, I'll be saying the same amount if I if I apply to any other uni. So all the unis in, for home students are the same fee. So it doesn't matter which uni we select because it's the same amount unless it's for the city like London. But yeah. um, I don't think that's the case with international students, is it? Like it depends on which uni, isn't it? Because I, I clearly remember, I don't know if it's Cambridge or Oxford. One of it was like less pricey than the other. But, um, and the London uni more expensive. I think um, it comes to around, I'm not really sure, somewhere between 60 and 80,000 pounds a year, which is, oh god, <laughs> it's just an insane amount. Like, I even mm-hmm. if hypothetically I would get into Cambridge mm-hmm. at any point, I mm-hmm. feel it's it's too extravagant of an amount. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, it's all, that's definitely one thing. And um, more the south you go in the UK, the more excess the amount gets because it's with, to do with, I think, I don't know if it's the culture or it's, it's just cities or it's just because south people are rich or something, like some stereotypes, but it does get, it does get, it does get expensive. Um, okay. Also, I don't know if I'm extending this, but medicine itself is a very costly profession because you need to pay, even if you're a home student, you need to pay £9,250, like around £10,000. But that's times six, so any of these six years, because you'll be very busy with your medical studies. And you'll have to clear all the debt when when you get a job. So I think medicine itself is expensive and for international students, no, that is definitely like, that's another thing altogether. But um, why medicine? Why why is medicine so appealing? <laughs> well, this sounds like a medical interview, <laughs> which I've been practicing for for a couple of months. I'm just going to copy paste yeah. that answer. Well, yeah. um, 
Honestly, I love the idea of learning, mm-hmm. and I'm the kind of person who you would colloquially call a geek or a nerd. But um, I just really love biology and chemistry, and more than anything, in during I, I did my IGCSE, so I've been an international board student since fifth grade, which is since I was ten years old. So. Um, I did my IGCSEs all the way till tenth, and then I did the IB instead mm-hmm. of A levels because that offers more subjects. I did eight subjects in the IBs, which is why I knew that um, the style of learning, which is sort of utilized abroad, is the one that fits best with my personality mm-hmm. and just the way I absorb knowledge. So, um, in terms of that, when I when I came to the IB, I hadn't taken biology or chemistry in eleventh grade. Which sounds ridiculous, but um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a lawyer, but I secretly also wanted to be an actor, while also <laughs> wanting to be an artist, a visual artist. Okay, so why does this? Why does this sound so much like me? I mean, anyone <laughs> who does medicine, uh, like I'll, I'll, we'll probably do research or we'll be a nurse. But I'm just like, oh, if I don't make it to medicine, medicine, I'll just do law. But yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And then. So I was clueless, and um, according to my just interests, not even my passions, just what I'm interested in and what I seem to have mm-hmm. an aptitude for, I took um, psychology, English, visual art, um, environmental science, maths, and Spanish as my subjects, all completely unrelated to medicine. And um, what happened is in psychology, we were learning the different approaches to understanding human behavior, and one of them was the biological approach to understanding behavior. So, we studied the anatomy of the brain, um, the physiology of our entire nervous system, how our hormones and different neurotransmitters affect behavior, and at the same time, um, sadly, my grandmother, who has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's around 15 years ago, um, she her cognitive decline sort of sped up. So for the first time, I could actually apply my theoretical knowledge, which was what I was learning about the brain and how, um, are just we store memory, short-term memory, long-term memory, episodic memory, different types of memory, um, sort of localized in different parts of the brain with how it affects behavior, and I could actually see that in my grandmother, and that just mm-hmm. fascinated me. I was I was sort of mesmerized by the entire thing. So one day, um, which is one and a half years. Into IB just before, um, <laughs> like yeah. we had lockdown number two, mm-hmm. and we were. I, I had gone to school to actually pick up something because we were already in the middle of a pandemic. But then mm-hmm. it had gotten a little bit better, so I had gone to school, and I just dropped by the library and I saw um, the biology textbook that the, the the people that were doing biology in my grade were using. So I was like, okay, maybe you know what? I, I seem a little bit interested in this. Let's let's go see what it's all about. And I sat down for around three to four hours in the library, and I read the entire bio textbook, the whole thing. <laughs> that, this, why does it sound like a movie? <laughs> I mean, it's very dramatic. Yes. And then what happened next? And the librarian was just looking at me from the corner of her going. And um, I very slyly, um, unofficially borrowed the textbook, <laughs> took it home, yeah. and then. I downloaded the chemistry textbook as well, so I went through both of them, and I just finished reading. I was like, "Wow, I didn't know this is this is so fascinating." So then, 
um, I built up the courage to go and tell my parents that listen I've been thinking about it and I had been thinking about it for around five months or so mm-hmm. because we had been learning the biological approach to understanding behavior for a while but I didn't have the courage to tell anyone because I felt like honestly I felt like a loser for, for like understanding mm-hmm. what I wanted to do in life so late so I built up the yeah. courage to my mom and she was like oh oh my god okay all right and <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just a few weeks went like that me secretly loving the subjects of biology chemistry <laughs> reading up about diseases and medicine mm-hmm. while like doing art assignments and stuff and then my art assignments slowly transformed to anatomy assignments so just everything about the human body i was drawing the heart and the lungs and the the, the skeletal system and my teacher was like are you okay like what are you doing and this one day, been like i should have i shouldn't have te- told her about the brain in the first scenario <laughs> yeah exactly and everyone was very confused about what was going mm-hmm. on and then um there was a parent teacher meeting and then my mom mm-hmm. wrote it out because my mom is just horrible at keeping secrets but that's besides the point she blurted out to my principal who is also my ib coordinator saying that oh you know sneha wants to do medicine and he was as confused as everybody else and he said you know what come to my office tomorrow and i was so nervous because i was doing very well in the subjects that i had mm-hmm. and i thought that i was letting him down by even letting him know that this is not what i want to do so we showed oh, yeah. up in his office and mm-hmm. he had drawn a little timetable which was jam packed like a timetable for the next 6 months of school that were remaining and it was completely jam packed from like um 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. just full of classes even my lunch break was taken by a different class and that was basically all the subjects i was doing currently plus biology and chemistry <laughs> at higher level yeah <laughs> so i was obviously i was i was overwhelmed by how supportive mm-hmm. he was like you know i believe in you and it's your dream and where your school we're going to make it come true and even though they had no idea about the application process for the uk just the fact that they supported me mm-hmm. that unconditionally was motivational enough so long story mm-hmm. short i i decided to do biochem and did nothing else for the next 6 months of my life and it turned mm-hmm. out well because my grades were fine and mm-hmm. then obviously parallelly i was trying to gain some work experience start to actually develop um is a good enough resume to say that you know what even though it's a late decision this i know this is what i want to do so mm-hmm. i actually mm-hmm. shadowed a few too many specialities <laughs> um, uh-huh. and then that just fortified my 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 like thought process and i just mm-hmm. like medicine more and more every day because it's it's mm-hmm. so incredible i think it's the most amazing field and is not there's not a b- bigger privilege than practicing medicine so This sounds like something Groot learned, but I, I genuinely mean it. Like I love this. Yeah, I can see the passion coming from because that is insane. How someone could just like change the subjects in the last six months? Like, you didn't change them, to be honest. You just added two subjects to all the subjects. It's something which is only possible for Sneha. <laughs> but um, I think it is what it is because. In general I've I've always been told that I didn't have the aptitude for medicine and I truly believe that I don't and I'm not naturally inclined to be a doctor but it's not That's it's not true. about doing what we're good at but it's just about to do I think there's a fine line between what we're good at and what we want to do there are few people that are lucky enough to have both of them together like few people do what they want to do and they're good at it but then for few people they're good at something else but they want to do this because that's what they want to do. You know what I mean like 
Um, yeah, exactly. But I do think, um, just personally, I've known you for a while now, and I think you'd be a great doctor. I don't know what aptitude people are otherwise speaking about, but I think you're very intelligent and empathetic, which are the two main qualities needed in a doctor. That is actually very kind of you. I mean, it wasn't people, to be honest. I think it was just me who just kept telling myself that I wasn't very suited to be a doctor because I've never imagined myself. Okay, do you know how, like, when you're growing up and and your sister, like everyone me at one point wanted to be a doctor except me because I I never wanted to be a doctor in the first place <laughs> that I never thought about and now all my cousins who told me that they want to be doctors are becoming like CAs, engineers, even my sister's not going to be a doctor uh, according to her by now but it, it was it was me who never said she wanted to do something that thought I would never be a good, I mean you know I just thought that wasn't very a possible option until um, I completed my CBS and I was like, okay, well, we'll just do medicine because medicine's medicine. Um, but I think that's right. the case. You never know what you're going to be, right? And then... That's, yeah, and then you end up being something. <laughs> uh, and you never know what's in front of you. Like, when I, when I started, when I, you know, at the starting of my A-levels, I was just like, um... We'll, we'll get in don't worry but then this whole application process is just and now I can't even take a step back because I've just done so much and now I just don't want to like switch my career because I've just in, I've just invested myself too much into this um, yeah I think if there's one thing we should be telling prospective medical students who are going to be applying mm-hmm. for the next year or in the years to come it should mm-hmm. be that the application process is literally designed in a way to suck the passion and life out of you so just don't let you do that you mm-hmm. have to have thick skin even if you're being rejected even if you think you've made a mistake you've not mm-hmm. done as well as you expected it's completely fine a standardized test is does not determine your worth to be a doctor in any way. No one cares what the area of a rectangle or a triangle in 60 seconds is. Like, it's just, it doesn't determine how good of a doctor you will be. I, I completely agree with this because I remember I was I was sitting in one of my, um, one of my common rooms in school and a guy starts talking about pluripotent stem cells. And I look at him and I'm like, because I obviously didn't know, I'll be honest, at that point I didn't know what pluripotent was because I never did, I've never done my GCSEs and they weren't in my CBSEs. So I didn't know and I looked at him and he was like, do you know what they are? And I said no. And he was like, Raga, do you realise that you just applied to Oxford for medicine and you've applied to like all these big unis and you don't know it? So people generalise you very easily, not knowing, it's, it's not his fault, but it's still like people generalise you and I don't think you should be put down by those generalisation or stereotypes, you know, for not doing medicine because you can probably even think now and start doing medicine so it's, it's not like you need to be very clever from the start and you should know everything to be born with a biology textbook out of people like that is it yeah i mean definitely how uh, just i don't know how people jump to conclusions and make these assumptions <laughs> be quite baseless true they are okay so we're coming into the main point now which is really interesting for me <laughs> is let's talk about the unis that we've applied to <laughs> <laughs> um you can you can not mention the names if you'd like to Sneha. you're very welcome to do that um but yes tell me like just unis in general for medicine in the uk or ireland or the us um well i think the first difference is that a couple of european mm-hmm. countries and in india do offer you to do a medicine course in five or six years 
which is great because um if you apply to America or the Philippines or uh, the rest mm-hmm. of the world actually you have to do a bachelor's degree give your MCAT then do then go to medical school get an MD and then give your USMLE which is a lot of steps and it works mm-hmm. well if you're not sure you want to be a doctor and you just want to explore the subject areas because you know if you're doing a concise course in 5 or 6 years which is usually in the other parts of the world taught over 8 years it's obviously going to be very rigorous so do apply to um india if you want to um the uk ireland there are a couple of other places for an mbbs degree that's what we call it here if you're mm-hmm. sure you want to do medicine mm-hmm. if not definitely apply to the us because you have a lot of academic freedom you can major in biology still do like english literature drama and history sociology mm-hmm. it's yeah. they have so, like Lo- they have a log tied to decide what they like to do because they get to do these majors and minors which is not the case in the UK you pick one subject at 18 and you you're stuck with it so yeah yeah and for a lot of people that's not how they want it because mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of people apply to medicine because either someone in their family is a doctor or it's just because they're good at bio and chem everyone sort of expected them to go into medicine and uh, let's let's pick the very famous youtuber ali abdul He literally says that he chose it, it was just a little checkbox for him on UCAS mm-hmm. because he was 18 he was smart and I think he had a familial background of people doing medicine so he picked it and now he doesn't want to be a doctor anymore his because his mom was a doctor so yeah obviously yeah so I mean and he got into Cambridge so obviously very intelligent academically very suited to be a doctor but at the end of the day I don't think it's what stuck and resonated with him because he's mm-hmm. at least now it's 2020 it's the end of 2021 and he's leaving medicine and he's said that it sort of drained a lot out of him so mm-hmm. definitely if you feel that is a possibility apply to places that don't require you to um, mm-hmm. sort of force yourself into medicine because that's the last thing you you want to do so in terms of that's just a basic differentiation there's BSc and there's MBBS um mm-hmm. i apply to a lot of places because when i'm an international student it's extremely competitive no matter how good your grades are mm-hmm. so are everyone else's so it's not because you're stupid it's just because so many people are smart um, <laughs> um that's what yeah. i've been telling myself <laughs> that is completely uh, true because when i was applying um as a home student and um i was part of these tuition groups with and i would often tend to compare myself with international students my tutor always used to tell me not to do that because i believe that international students are very very academically able and those people who are only the top like really the top of the top get to apply so and i'm not i'm not going to lie but i hate how it is for the international students it's just so hard to get in isn't it yeah and i think in the uk especially with brexit it's just made it a lot worse which is why mm-hmm. my parents are big fans of of the uk because three of my cousins have studied in london and they're mm-hmm. settled but they're all like 30 plus now and i think it's very different now in terms of competition career everything mm-hmm. so um personally i wanted to go to america because i'm i even though i'm sure i want to do medicine i do love having an array of subjects which mm-hmm. is not exactly a possibility also i'm i've been a little too picky about my universities which i would suggest people don't do because in the uk there's just one 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 university that i'm extremely passionate about 
and uh, <laughs> there's one other university yeah. in Ireland that I like and there are like three universities in America so it's a total of just five universities that I would like to go to mm-hmm. and that sounds that sounds extremely um, sort of spoiled and um, <laughs> picky but I mean those are the places that I see myself doing well in so any one of them mm-hmm. would be great so if in terms of university choice I don't mind naming them I apply to Cambridge Imperial, UCL and Leeds in the UK, Royal College of Surgeons and Trinity in Ireland and the US applied to like six places. Um, there was Dartmouth, Cornell, NYU, Boston University, Emory and then as a backup there was Stony Brook in New York. So all of these are very nice reputed universities obviously but there was a certain amount of research that I did because you know location, big city, small city, mm-hmm. um, their course structure all of that is very different so definitely research the universities you're going to if you're applying only in the UK look into the whole UCAT BMAT from personal experience I would say give the UCAT not the BMAT but (laughs) 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 yeah yeah (laughs) but uh, from my personal experience I would just say just do both of them and uh, see what you got in your new and then for the two UCAT unis that you feel that are most safe and then for your BMAT unis one safe one and one above you <laughs> but take do the UCAT guys <laughs> yeah because um my my logic for doing the mm-hmm. only the BMAT was that I want to go to the universities like my top choices are the universities that offer the BMAT mm-hmm and I even though I could have given the UCAT I didn't really Mm -hmm. want to go to those places and it just didn't make sense to me to put if I'm giving an exam I'm obviously going to put a lot of work into it and it just seemed like a waste also with applications to other places so make an informed choice but do keep in mind that the pandemic if it's still there next year or whenever you're applying um, it has messed the entire system up a bit so be a little bit cautious always have a backup or two I agree um, and especially when we were talking about many people I guess many people want to get into BMAT unis and uh, that's how BMAT is assigned like it's only the top unis key top take the BMAT and uh, which is very appealing but again I feel like the BMAT just